0: Mia Culpa is coming live to Los Angeles Tuesday, November 1st. Michael's guests will include the Emmy Award-winning comedian Kathy Griffin, former Deputy Attorney General and Talking Feds host Harry Lippman, and the former Oath Keepers National Spokesman Jason Van Tatenhove. It's an evening that you won't forget. VIP tickets include a signed copy of Michael's new book and a meet and greet with Michael before the show. So get your tickets now at the T-H-E-E-L-R-E-Y dot com. Or find the link on Michael's social media handles, or in this episode's description.
1: And now, on with the show.
0: This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mayor Culpa podcast. Well, it finally happened, folks. On Friday, the January 6th committee formally issued its extraordinary subpoena to Donald Trump, demanding testimony from the former president, who lawmakers say personally orchestrated a multi-part effort to overturn the results of the 2020 election.
1: So the nation is now seeing very literally the written roadmap, according to the January 6th committee, to Donald Trump's coup, culpability for the first time. This is the formal letter summons and subpoena from the House January 6th committee. And this new legally binding document cites evidence to show why Trump must, they say, legally Cooperate.
0: The nine member panel issued a letter to Trump's lawyers saying he must testify either at the Capitol or by video conference beginning on or about November 14th and continuing for multiple days if necessary.
1: And this new material puts Trump at the center of the coup plot to overturn the election. The committee writing that he maliciously disseminated false allegations of voter fraud, corrupted the Justice Department, ran the effort to transmit false electoral certificates, that may yet yield more indictments, it's basically saying he committed crimes, and pressured Pence to help the coup, even though, according to the committee, Trump knew at the time in advance that the Pence plot was illegal. And then, of course, summoning supporters who Trump knew were armed, according to the committee's investigation to that D.C. rally and the storming of the Capitol. The letter also outlined a request for a series of corresponding
0: documents, including personal communications between Trump and members of Congress, as well as extremist groups. We recognize that a subpoena to a former president is a significant and historic action, Chairman Benny Thompson and Vice Chair Liz Cheney wrote in the letter to Trump. We do not take this action lightly. The panel rooted its action in history, listing past presidents from John Quincy Adams to Gerald Ford, who testified before Congress after leaving office, and noting as well that even sitting presidents have responded to congressional subpoenas. It is unclear how Trump and his legal team will respond. He could comply or negotiate with the committee, announcing that he will defy the subpoena or ignore it together he could also go to court and try to stop it it's almost like written as an indictment this uh,
1: letter i mean it is the outline for an indictment of donald trump i mean it's basically you did this this and this you killed your brother you killed your son you did you robbed the bank and oh by the way will you come in and talk to us and if you're going to take the fifth amendment meaning that truthful answers to any questions that we ask of you would tend to incriminate you We want to know in advance. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want
0: the truth! The subpoena is the latest and most striking escalation in the House Committee's 15-month investigation of the deadly January 6, 2021 insurrection, bringing members of the panel into direct conflict with the man that they have been investigating from afar through the testimony of aides, allies, and associates. The committee writes in its letter that it has assembled overwhelming evidence that Trump personally orchestrated an effort to overturn his defeat in the 2020 election, including by spreading false allegations of widespread voter fraud attempting to corrupt the Justice Department and pressuring state officials, members of Congress, and his vice president to try to change the results.
2: Former presidents have, of course, throughout history, have appeared uh, and provided testimony to Congress, uh, despite the fact, obviously, that there is— this is a highly unusual move. They point out and they say, uh, in short, Uh, You were at the center of the first and only uh, effort by any U.S. president to overturn an election and to obstruct the peaceful transition of power, ultimately culminating in in a bloody attack on our Capitol and on the Congress itself.
0: But lawmakers say key details about what Trump was doing and saying during the siege remain unknown. According to the committee, the only person who can fill the gaps in is Trump himself. The panel, comprised of seven Democrats and two Republicans, approved the subpoena for Trump in a surprise vote last week. And guess what? Every member voted in support.
2: If there's no further debate, the question is on agreeing to the resolution. Those in favor will say aye. 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 Those opposed is no. In the opinion of the chair, the
0: eyes have it. The day after, Trump posted a lengthy memo on Truth Social, his social bullshit media website, repeating his false claims of widespread election fraud and expressing his anger, disappointment, and complaint that the committee wasn't investigating his objections. He made, of course, no mention of the subpoena. The subpoena calls for testimony about his dealings with several former Trump aides and associates who have asserted their Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination to the committee, including, well, guess who? Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark, and Kelly Ward.
1: The inner circle includes the three people that he pardoned, Flynn, Stone, and Bannon. I call them the Flynn Stones. Flintstones,
0: meet the Flintstones, they're the pain of our democracy. The committee makes 19 requests for documents and communications, including specific requests for any messages Trump sent on the encrypted messaging app, Signal, or any other means to members of Congress and others about the stunning events that took place on January 6th. The scope of the committee's request is expansive, pursuing documents from September 1st of 2020, that's two months before the election, to the present on the president's communications with the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, and other extremist groups, as the panel compiles a record of the run-up to the Capitol attack and then the aftermath. There is little legal advantage for Trump to cooperate with the committee as he already faces other civil and criminal legal battles in various jurisdictions including over his family business in New York and the handling of presidential records at his Mar-a-Lardo estate in Florida. But there is ample precedent for Congress seeking testimony from former presidents. Over the past century and a half, at least six current and former presidents have testified on Capitol Hill, including John Tyler and John Quincy Adams, after both were subpoenaed in 1848. If Trump refuses to comply with the subpoena, the panel will have to weigh the practical and political implications of holding him in contempt of Congress.
1: Now from committee member, January 6th committee member, Adam Kinzinger, you say he's obligated by law to respond to the subpoena. Do you believe that the Justice Department, if the president refuses, should hold him in criminal contempt? Look, that's a, that's a bridge we cross if we have to get there. Um, you know, look, we well recognize the fact that uh, because of the committee only being able to exist till the end of this congressional year, because that was the uh, the mandate, uh, we're at a bit of a time limit here. And uh, as we're wrapping up the investigation, we're also pursuing new leads and facts, and we're, we we want to speak to the president. Look, if he, he's made it clear he has nothing to hide, is what he says. So he should come in uh, on the day we ask him to come into. If he pushes off beyond that, uh, we'll figure out what to do next.
0: If the full House voted to recommend a contempt charge against Trump, the Justice Department would then review the case and decide any further steps. Other witnesses have faced legal consequences for defying the committee, including close Trump ally Steve Bannon, who was just convicted of contempt in July and was sentenced on Friday to four months behind bars. But holding a former president in contempt would be another matter, truly exceptional if you ask me. The subpoena to Trump comes as the committee is looking to wrap up its investigative work and compile a final comprehensive report that will be published by the end of the year. Investigators have interviewed now more than 1,000 witnesses, including many of Trump's top White House aides, and obtained tens of thousands of pages of documents since the committee was formed in July of 2021 but the panel is authorized only through this congress which ends on january 3rd so what does that mean it means that members have only a few short months amid a hectic lame duck legislative period after the midterm elections to refine their historical record of the worst fucking attack on the capitol in two centuries whether that will include the testimony from the 45th president of the united states remains to be seen but if you ask me the motherfucker's never coming.
2: In a statement, one of Trump's attorneys said, quote, we understand that once again, flooding norms and appropriate and customary process, the committee has publicly released a copy of its subpoena. As with any similar matter, we will review and analyze it, and will respond as appropriate to this unprecedented action.
0: It's hard for me to imagine any American citizen being accused of essentially trying to overthrow his or her own government who wouldn't welcome the opportunity to come forward and to testify, Representative Jamie Raskin, a Democrat on the committee told reporters last week. Meanwhile, in stolen document news, the Washington Post is reporting that the classified documents recovered by the FBI from Mar-a-Lago included highly sensitive intelligence regarding Iran and China, and if shared with others, such information could expose intelligence-gathering methods that the United States wants to keep hidden from the world. At least one of the documents seized by the FBI describes Iran's missile program other documents described highly sensitive intelligence work aimed at China.
1: Oh hell, let's just do what we always do. Hijack some nuclear weapons and hold the world hostage.
0: Unauthorized disclosures of specific information in the documents would pose multiple risks, experts have said. People aiding US intelligence efforts could be endangered and the collection methods could be compromised. In addition, other countries or U.S. adversaries could retaliate against the United States for actions it has taken in secret. The classified documents about Iran and China are considered amongst the most sensitive the FBI has recovered to date in its investigation of Trump and his aides for possible mishandling of classified information, obstruction and destruction of government records. So in other MAGA news now, just as Trump's subpoena came over the transom, Steve Loose Cannon Bannon was finally sentenced to four months in jail for defying the subpoena from the Congressional probe of the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot. Bannon's sentencing came one year to the day since the House voted to hold him in contempt of Congress for refusing to comply with a House Select Committee subpoena for documents and testimony. Bannon was indicted in November on two criminal counts and convicted after a federal trial in July. Now, I'd argue that four months is a crock of shit for what Bannon perpetrated on the American public and his fucking refusal to testify before Congress. All that's gonna happen here is that Bannon will make himself a martyr and will come out of jail more popular than ever
1: with his lunatic fans. Take away the name Bannon because that, you know, presents a lot of, uh, sort of, inflammatory thoughts among people, but but Mr. Bannon is a person who believes in the Constitution, respects the institution of the presidency, and in this case, respected the invocation of executive privilege and the presumptive validity of such an invocation.
0: So the prosecution, says Bannon, quote, acted in bad faith throughout by claiming he was merely acting on former President Trump's instructions, the uh, executive privilege claims you're referring to, even though former President Trump's attorney made clear He was not, unquote. According to the Washington Post, Bannon's sentencing means that 11 allies of and advisors to former President Donald Trump have been convicted or pled guilty in recent years to various offenses with their total sentences nearing 30 years of imprisonment. And let's not forget, folks, I was fucking 10% of that. As president, Trump also pardoned Bannon for unrelated felony charges relating to whether he and others had defrauded donors to the We Build the Wall fundraising campaign before that case could be brought to trial. And many Trump aides have avoided serving their sentences thanks to fucking clemency from Trump, which he granted to seven of the 11 allies or have had their sentences reduced by pleading guilty and are cutting deals with investigators. What's painful about all of this right now is that the Democrats are still facing a potential midterm shellacking despite the fact that Trump is fucking drowning in legal claims and the GOP is just as batshit crazy as ever. Now first, the reality. No matter the political climate, the party that holds the presidency generally loses the vast majority of midterms. And the fundamentals, both President Biden's approval rating and perceptions of the economy, point to a very tough 2022. A Mammoth University poll released Thursday is the latest to suggest the 2022 election is moving towards a red wave. It shows Republicans with a four-point lead on the question of which party American adults prefer to run Congress. That's the GOP's best showing since May, before the Supreme Court
2: overturned Roe versus Wade. There's definitely, we are back to, uh, the politics feel very much like the pre, Dobbs era. Um, and I, and I, I want to say the immediate pre Dobbs era, not like kind of right after uh, the Youngkin uh, victory last November, where, uh, where there was a sense of like, my God, there's going to be this giant red wave. Uh, but it's it, there's no there's no question that that there's a sense that, that that where we are in that in that period of the spring was that the House and the Senate looked really different. And I, and I still think that's the case, which is to say. Uh, the the Republicans have always had the, the have always had a we're always by by far the the, the favorite to take control of the House right um, even at the best at the high ebb for Democrats right after right the kind of end of the summer in August you said maybe Democrats have a one in four chance of taking back control of the House now it's probably more like a one in ten chance of taking back control of the House
0: Republicans also lead by six points amongst registered voters specifically. In Pennsylvania, a new AARP poll this week showed Republican Mehmet Oz closing to within two points in a race that Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman once led by double digits. I mean, seriously, folks, fucking Mehmet Oz? In Ohio, Republican J.D. Vance has asserted a lead in the polling average after trailing previously. Now, this is a doozy. In Georgia, there are... Herschel Walker continues to be within the margin of error in his race against Senator Raphael G. Warnock. This despite allegations that he threatened to murder his entire family and paid for abortion despite the fact being an abortion denier. Speaking generally, the GOP has imploded upon itself and in its wake has become a craven, power-hungry band of election-denying lunatics. You'd think they'd be an easy bunch to beat, midterms or no midterms. If and when Democrats see significant losses in 2022, critics will certainly chalk them up to rising inflation, growing concerns about crime, Biden's failure to pass most of his Build Back Better proposal, his lack of action on gun control or abortion, his reneging on campaign promises to broadly erase student loan debt, missteps related to COVID or foreign policy, his administration, and the Democrats more broadly leaning too heavily into identity politics, a failure to appropriately leverage the January 6th committee findings against the Republicans, and so much more. We all know what's at stake here if these lunatics regain control of the House and the Senate, I mean, why doesn't the rest of the nation realize this as well? Do they not just give a shit, or have they gone just fucking insane as the party they're gonna vote for? I mean, beats the hell out of me! President Biden warned Friday that if Republicans seize the congressional majority in next month's midterm elections, that they will crash the economy by holding up the debt limit to extract spending cuts while targeting the two main entitlement programs, Medicare and Social Security. In his comments Friday, Biden also predicted that voter sentiment would shift toward Democrats in the closing days before next month's midterm elections and said he believes his party is going to do just fine. And now for the main event. We welcome back to Mayor Culpa Rick Wilson, longtime Republican political strategist turned Lincoln Project co-founder and zealous anti-Trump activist. His regular column with the Daily Beast is a hilarious and spot-on must-read in the political community. Rick's been published in the Washington Post, Politico, The Hill, The London Spectator, Rolling Stone, The New York Daily News, USA Today, The Bulwark, and beyond. And he's constantly called upon for sharp political insight on the national news networks, including CNN and MSNBC. He's also a fan favorite on Real Time with Bill Maher. A 30-year veteran of politics, Rick got his start in the 1988 presidential campaign of George Herbert Walker Bush and since has produced groundbreaking advertising and provided strategic counsel to political campaigns across the nation and around the world. Rick is also a best-selling author. His latest book is Running Against the Devil and his number one New York Times bestseller, Everything Trump Touches Dies, that quintessentially defined the Trump era. So let's go now to that conversation. All right, so Rick, with the midterms rapidly approaching, let's start with a prediction. Let's play the prediction game. All right. Will it be a red... Do you think that there'll be a red wave on November 8th Or will Democrats hold the line with abortion mobilizing turnout? You know, what are the polls telling you? And you know one thing, I don't believe in the polls, hence says who, right? There are many different ways, and we'll talk about it, that I think they should be doing it. But what are you hearing with your ear to the ground?
2: Here's my sense of the the race as it stands today on Thursday, the 20th of October. Um, We are in a situation where... All the political fundamentals six months ago were for a gigantic Republican sweep. I mean, top to bottom, we were going to lose everything. Inflation, gas prices, all that stuff. Since then, Dobbs and and abortion have reset the playing field somewhat. Uh, There's an argument being made right now that the Democrats might have peaked a little early. I'm not sure that's the case yet. I still think we're going to end up with a Republican House just based on the redistricting uh, structures around the country. And 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 some ground level things in the in the in the congressional races, the Senate right now. I mean, I have to tell you, Michael, our modeling on the Senate is everything from a plus four Democratic uh, win to a plus four Republican win, and it it's the noise is so bad and the signal is so weak that you know it's hard to see where that's going to shake out. I do think in Pennsylvania, Fetterman's starting to open it up. Uh, I think in Georgia it is a crapshoot, and I'm not happy with where that's headed in some of the numbers right now. Um, I think in Arizona you're going to end up with Kerry Lake as governor and uh, Mark Kelly as senator. That's going to be a split decision out there. Um, but I, I, look, we're we're in a situation where where the idea that you can take your foot off the gas ever is something because there were a lot of my Democratic friends who back in. August and September were kind of patting themselves on the back and saying, well, we're good. We're set. It's okay. Dobbs saved us. I don't think Dobbs saved them yet. Now, we are going to see record, record, I mean, absolutely smash every record book turnout this year, which is where the numbers get a little weird. It used to be that high, high turnout was great for Democrats. But we saw in Virginia in uh, 19, or excuse me, in, uh, yeah, in 19 that, I'm sorry, 21. It, we started reading in 21 that record high turnout can also help Republicans. So we may end up some of this high turnout, uh, may end up helping people like Kerry Lake. Um and, and it may help Herschel Walker. So, Look, so
0: we we have talked about Rick yeah. quite a bit, both on this program, your program, Lincoln project, yeah. as well as just privately. We've yeah. talked about what we can do, what we have been doing in order to help to drive turnout, whether it's with the Gen XYZs, Zs, yep. uh, whether it's just any, anyone, uh, women as a result of the Dobbs decision and so on. Nevertheless, you know, there are, we'll call them legitimate polling companies, though, again, I hate the entire process. I think the process is stupid when you have a poll of a thousand people. And you're going to base the entire future on a thousand people who you already know how they're going to vote, which was the whole says who bullshit in the first place, Which, by the way, no. I would like to just remind people that I was correct about. But there is a company called 538, and you know sure. they're, a, they're a polling company, and they have their forecast out for what's going to happen. And they give Democrats a 71 percent likelihood of keeping the Senate. However, on the same poll, they have 70% or above that the House gets taken over by the GOP. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm very disappointed in even hearing that. There are certain circumstances where the gerrymandering does not permit a Democrat to win. I acknowledge that. That's but at right. the end of the day, we really have to look to see what divides the two parties. What's dividing Republicans and Democrats? Sure. And the answer to that is democracy over economy. And I'm not fully understanding people's rationale when you end up choosing economy, the price of gasoline, for example, versus your democracy. Do these people not see that The loss of Roe is just the fucking beginning to how far the Republicans are going to take this. And if, in fact, they take over the House, we all know what's going to happen. You impeach my guy, I'm going to
2: impeach your guy. That's right. They're going to go into the House. I mean, here's a preview for for MAGA voters first. Everything you... You you claim you care about inflation, gas prices, all that stuff. They're not going to do a goddamn thing about any of those things. Right. Day one, hour one, minute one, it's going to be investigate Hunter Biden's laptop, impeach Joe Biden, impeach Joe Biden over Afghanistan, impeach Joe Biden over gas prices, impeach Joe Biden. They're going to do nothing but Benghazi over and over and over again. So nothing's going to change for the economic fate of individual Americans if if if. The, the Republicans take the House. In fact, it's going to get worse. They've already said they're going to crash the government and the economy by doing a debt ceiling freeze. They've already said they're going to they're going to wreck the market and and thus your pensions and four hundred one ks by doing a debt ceiling freeze. They've already said they're going to cut off aid to Ukraine so Putin can win. They've already said that they're going to go and do a national abortion ban. And no matter what you think about abortion, okay, no matter what you think about it. I believe, as a conservative, that the conservative position is to stay the fuck out of people's business. And and the idea that they're going to do this and and they're going to help anybody economically or they're going to improve lives of Americans in any way whatsoever is bullshit. They're going to go and do a stunt so that they can rev up for the 2024 elections, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whoever runs or Kerry Lake or whoever it ends up being, they're going to try to make this into. A circus for the next two years destroy the economy because they think that's their path to victory and 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 it is going to be a disaster for this country at every conceivable level
0: why is it that people then don't understand you know the president unlike of course what trump wanted to be right is not the king you do not have the ability to declare from your throne (laughs) <laughs> right. That I am going to do X, Y, and Z. It's going to turn the economy around. There's, they, do they not understand that the way our founding fathers established this country is that there are three equal and separate right. branches of government that are supposed to work together? You know, we don't have that anymore. There is no working together. No. Right now, Republican versus Democrat has become a zero-sum game. For you to win system. means I. Uh, that's right. For you to win, I have to lose. For me to win, you have to lose. And Sorry. that's not a. That's not a good way in order to grow the country. It's not a good way for us to be in a position where we can do things that actually help the economy, that help the people of America. Instead, it's all about party affiliation, which kind of brings me to this question that I want to ask you because this really pisses me the fuck off. You know You know I fucking hate Jim Jordan, right? I mean, I think he's just a pompous scumbag, this bullshit of the disrespect. He's the only asshole in the entire house that refuses to put on a fucking jacket like he's back over right. there at Ohio State, right? right, with his wrestling team. But this is what bothers me. Obviously, if the GOP does retake the majority of the house... The madness that's going to come out of it, including the probability that Jim Jordan will end up leading the House Judiciary Committee. I mean, you know, in essence, then, what happens is Trump will then have the de facto control over Congress because Jim Jordan, like many, I hate to say it, of these Ohio
2: wrestlers, are on their knees to him. Listen. The, the, the Republican caucus, when Trump was elected, there were still about, um, I'd say 60% of them when Trump was elected were, were uncomfortable with him or outright you know, like opposed. They were, they were the older school conservatives. By 2018, almost all of them were gone. They'd either lost, been primaried, been redistricted, got out of the business. They didn't want to be there for it. The caucus now is very MAGA. When, the, when, when this year ends, when this election year ends, you're going to have a caucus that's even more crazy, that's even more far out there into the, into the ether of conspiracy theories and nut job ideas and election denying. You're going to have a caucus that looks a lot more like Marjorie Taylor Greene than Kevin McCarthy. And, and, you know, Michael, the thing that I that makes me crazy, I'm sure it makes you crazy too, is we both hear these stories of Kevin McCarthy behind closed doors to, saying to big donors like, oh, come on, I need you to help me so I can keep things under control. We can do a tax cut. He has no control. He has lost control completely. There's a really good chance that Jim Jordan says, fuck it, I don't want to be Judiciary Committee Chairman, I want to be Speaker, and yeah. takes it from him. Or Steve Scalise takes it from him because they've gone fully into the dark they are fully crazy and and this this idea that the that the caucus is going to have any grown-ups left is is a is a fantasy it's going to be the most insane shit people have ever seen it is going to be the most it's going to it's going to be like fox news isn't crazy enough for them Tucker Carlson isn't far out enough for them. They're going to be feeding the OAN monster and the Newsmax monster and all this other edge case bullshit that's out there now that is the right wing media ecosystem. And, And as they get closer and closer to this election and feel more and more confident, you're seeing the daylight you know, from from behind the the shield, you're seeing the reality of what they what their campaigns are saying, and they are going to go for the full abortion ban, and they are going to go for the crazy. You know, let's cut Social Security, let's cut Medicare, let's cut Medicaid, let's tax everybody at the in the lower middle class to pay for another you know trillionaire tax cut.
0: Yeah, and look, I want I want my listeners, and hopefully you'll promote this on and through the Lincoln Project because I believe I believe that. A video you know may be necessary and i i got I don't you i push, got you on I, don't, this. <laughs> I don't even i don't even want to push the issue that he could become speaker right. let's just stick for a quick second that he could become chair of the judiciary committee right we're talking about bad jim enough, jordan right which is more than bad enough we're talking about representative jim jordan of ohio who was accused of knowing and doing nothing about serial sexual assault on students, on fucking children at Ohio Mm -hmm. State University when he was the assistant wrestling coach from 87 to 1995. All right. How many stories have we heard now about Ohio State wrestlers who Jordan contacted begging not to come forward with this information? So we're going to have... Chair of the Judiciary Committee, who is a sexual abuse, right, um, enabler. I mean, it's no different than fucking Matt Gates, who also, I don't understand, hasn't been prosecuted as of yet. I mean, it Blows makes me no sense. Let me Blows go one me step further. The potential chairman of the Judiciary Committee is a fucking election denier. He's part Correct. of the big lie. He's part of the insurrection. And yet, did he provide testimony? We see that he's got all sorts of legal issues now with forwarding of texts that he received to Mark Meadows during January 6th and in advance. But yet, that's okay. We're going to make this guy, and I shouldn't say we, I'm talking about voters, are going to allow this guy to become the chair of the judiciary? I mean, how Uh does
2: something like that happen? Let me tell you the 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 power of the power of the madness inside the Republican caucus is what drives it now. Michael, you and I both know there's no more ideology there. There's nothing about the Constitution or tax, you know, policy or or strong foreign policy. It's all about how do you feed that monster that that is the Republican base that Trump like set into motion that he activated and still makes you know he still activates them a lot. He still makes them, you know, the fact that you've got a, uh, this. Well, let me let me loop back for one second. The fact that the map of the Senate races looks like it does is all Trump and Trump's base. The Republicans could have easily taken control of the Senate. I mean, like walked over taking control of the Senate this year if they had David McCormick in Pennsylvania and David Perdue in Georgia and, they, and that and that they had not had and, and Jane Temkin. In Ohio, they would have blown out these races, but Trump's desire to have crazy people like Herschel Walker, um, you know, who, who oh. Herschel Walker is like the the ultimate sign of like Trump in the '90s being a star fucker. You know, he loved that. He loved the athletic thing. He loved the 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 the, the guy. And so, of course, no matter what's wrong with Herschel Walker, Trump loves him. Therefore, Trump's base loves him. He, no matter how hard that makes the election for them.
0: Yeah. Look, let me go one step even further. You know the Children's Defense Fund. Every year they put out report cards on the various different members of Mm -hmm, Congress mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so on. What do you think Jim Jordan got from the C from the CDF regarding the bills or
2: oh I can't imagine or signing onto bills anything above an F.
0: Well, he did. He got an F. So very, very good. And, you know, I want to just read something from their website, Children's Defense Fund. During the 117th Congress, Representative Jordan has taken, get her load of this one, four votes, four, that would help the children in his district. His district. Forget about ours, right? His district. He's introduced a staggering zero bills co-sponsored zero bills to help of course. children in general. Of course. He's taken 13 actions that CDF believes to be against the interests of children. All right? Now, in furtherance, the report card includes, and this is based off of information on more than 700 bills introduced during the congressional term. All right? Jordan, I mean... Four. Four votes that would help children out of 700 plus bills. The guy's a really? motherfucking pathetic asshole through and through. And yet, somewhere along the line, these people in Ohio, I don't know, maybe they're, I don't know, drinking bad water? Like from <laughs> Camp Lejeune or something? We right. see all those commercials going on there? Maybe something, something is going on there that... I don't know, and I can't certainly understand. The guy has done nothing for your children in Ohio, right. all right? Other than allow sexual abuse years ago, and probably would allow. He's an election denier. He's pro the um, abortion, the the um, determination ban, of Dobbs, yep. and the and the national ban. What are these people thinking? It, you know, forget about he, the he, men. Uh, uh, Rick, Forget about the men. How about? The women in the state, how about the young generation that doesn't understand what it's going to be like now because they've lived with and they're going to be the ones who have to contend with it? And then the young women. What about these people?
2: You know, Michael, this is this is the the, the dark power of redistricting in America. Is Jim Jordan is in a seat where Jesus could come back, run as a Democrat, and Jim Jordan would still win that seat. And 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 the idea that that there's any ability to for 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 decent candidates to win seats in those places is pretty much an illusion and that that is a really dark and sad development because you know he's got a Republican I think it's like plus 17 or something it's impossible to win in that seat for a Democrat. So Jim Jordan can be as crazy as he wants because the state legislature drew a map, that protected the Republicans, the majority of you know, Republicans control the legislative body. And this is why for Democrats, you know, they often invest tens of millions and hundreds, even the millions of dollars into what I call the vanity candidates. OK, so Beto O'Rourke is probably going to raise like one hundred and fifty million dollars this year. He's got zero chance of winning. I'm sorry to say nice guy cannot win in Texas. Um, but they they ignore state House races and state Senate races, and they don't do the work at the grassroots because you got to take right. over those legislative bodies before you can do redistricting. And every 10 years, the clock starts running. And every 10 years, Democrats fuck it up because they say, OK, we're going to focus on the glamour candidates. I mean, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, I don't know how much she's raised, but I think it's close to $100 million. She's going to lose by 15, 12, 10 points. Who knows? I uh, they don't invest in places where they should be investing and they and they end up getting these redistricting results every year and they're like, why can't we fix this? What's wrong? Well, what's wrong is you don't have control of state legislative bodies. Republicans control 30, 31 state houses and state senates and governor's offices in the country completely. So they draw the maps how they're going to draw them and that gives the Republicans an enormous political advantage in Congress every cycle, and it gives guys like Jim Jordan a free pass. If redistricting was either nonpartisan, or if the Democrats had a little more juice in the in the legislature, there, Jim Jordan would not have a plus seventeen seat. He'd have a plus three seat, and then people go, "Okay, it's worth me coming out to vote. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up against this guy. He's an asshole." And 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 it's it's just a really difficult box that people find themselves in because it's just. It's it's this structural thing Democrats have not been able to sort out in their heads in the last uh, thirty years.
0: Look, I understand whether you know I personally despise the guy because he is an asshole. He's done nothing for Ohio. So I get it. You're a Republican. Mazel to you. I couldn't be fucking happier. Everyone is entitled, as far as I'm concerned, to vote for whoever they want. But why would you vote for somebody who's done absolutely nothing for you, has not made your life any better, in fact, has voted for four out of 700 bills, plus 700 to do yeah. things that help your children it's time that you stop thinking about the party and start thinking about the country and look if jim if jordan so, yeah. was if jim jordan's name you know tomorrow became tom jordan right? right and he and he was not an election denier he didn't wasn't involved in the scandal that he actually got out there and voted on behalf of children you know sure. in the state of ohio in his district and so on i would say okay listen He's a qualified Republican candidate, and good for him. He's doing right by his. Whether or not I I'm, I, I agree with you know which party he's with, no problem. I get it. He's done hey, listen, stuff that's, that's good. There
2: are conservative parts of the country, all over they're, they're, the, the country's center ish, center right ish. There are plenty of places where where the values of people in the community reflect a Republican belief. And 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 if you had if you had a guy who wasn't a complete shit bag like that it would make my job a lot harder at the Lincoln project because you know all of us were republicans when we started lp conservatives when we started lp and and i'm still a fundamental conservative guy in a lot of ways but i'm not insane and i can't be a part of a party that's insane and evil and and jim jordan represents insane and evil not republican you're exactly right michael it, if he was a uh, you know a, a guy who who believed in, in even if he was like a George W. Bush Republican, you could still go, okay, that's a conservative place. He's a conservative guy. It makes sense he's elected there. But he's an, he, he and a lot of these people, these MAGA's are conspiratorial, crazy, cruel, idiotic, and just driven by this sort of nihilist sense of like, blow everything up.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm like a John Kasich type of Republican, somebody who you sure. know actually did some really good things. So let me then move on because we can talk about the next shitbag, Kevin McCarthy. You recently <laughs> wrote a, you recently wrote a piece for the Lincoln Project's website, and it's yep. called "The Three Rules MAGA Republicans Live By," that posited how. Kevin McCarthy is able to hold power. Can you do me a favor? I read it, I thought it was fascinating. But can you unpack for my listeners, you know, um what you wrote?
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the 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 summary of it is is this. If you're a guy like Kevin, you always have to lead a very double life. You have to pretend that to behind closed doors and to to donors and to the media, you have to pretend that you're a normal guy that you're there to pass tax cuts, that you're there to pass deregulation. You're there to do the things that the, the, the legacy brand of the Republican party used to do. And more and more, it's hard to have that lie hold up because, you know, he's got Marjorie Taylor green at events with huh. him now. He's got, he's got Marjorie Taylor green running around saying, well, Kevin's going to make me happy so that I'll keep the base in line. And, and, you can see who runs the asylum now it's people like green and bobert and gates and jordan and andy biggs and all these weirdos and edge cases so that double life is required because the major donors don't want to be associated with crazy they don't want to be associated with marjorie taylor green they don't want to be associated with matt gates those people are 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 completely you know anathema to corporate america but kevin and Mitch McConnell both need corporate America to keep that checkbook open so they can win these races. Um, I and, call bullshit on that, by the way. Let me let me just stop you for one second. I call bullshit on that.
0: Look, when I was involved with Donald, yeah, I, yeah, I was, as a Democrat, I was the vice chair of the RNC Finance Committee. Yeah, yeah. Right? Until Steve Wynn, who's truly an amazing guy, he went ahead and um, he forced me to, who changed to the Republican Party? He says you j- it just you can't be, and you right. know we're not letting you leave this group. We raised like a hundred and forty million dollars or something like that in that one fiscal year. Oh yeah, I call I call bullshit on the fact that they need this money in order to you know win races and so on. They need that well, money because they're all fucking stealing it. All right, me, yes, there's so Michael, much. Michael, drift. actually,
2: let me rephrase that. You are correct. They want that money. Yes. It's not that they need it, it's that they want it. And, and 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 the guys in D.C. who get rich off this system, I mean, there's a lot, there's billions and billions of dollars every year that wash into D.C. And there are a lot of these guys who, you know, who, members of Congress who were, you know, when they got in there, they'd never had a job making more than a buck fifty a year who go out, you know, suddenly very, very wealthy men and women. And, 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 That system rewards their consultants and their and their friends and their lobbyists and them and themselves. And a lot of this is, you know, why was Paul Ryan such a suck up? Because Paul Ryan, you know, had never made a dime in his life. He wanted to go be on the board at Fox when he got out. All these things. You know, Washington is a spectacularly corrupt city. So you're you're correct. They really want they really want that that idea of of you know, the corporate America you know, world coming to kiss the ring and giving them what they needed. The second big part of this MAGA rules is that you have to pretend that the only way you can get to conservative goals is by making a compromise with evil people. And you have to pretend that there's no other solution. Well, we could never sell America on X or Y. So we're going to have to make a deal with the devil, whether that devil is Trump whether that devil is is Mitch McConnell, whether that devil is the is is the election deniers, whether that devil is the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers or Roger Fucking Stone or any of those other things, they've they've convinced themselves they have to make a deal with evil to do good, and they're not doing good. But every time you make a deal with evil, you get fucked. I mean, the story of Doctor Faust was always the the irony of, of of all deals with the devil is the devil always breaks the deal. So Kevin McCarthy is making a deal with the devil with Marjorie Taylor Greene and with Trump, and the devil always breaks the deal. So when Kevin is, they win the majority, you know there's a really good chance because you know this better than any human being on earth. Donald Trump can be sadistic as hell, yes. and he's thinking about Kevin McCarthy, and and he's rubbing his hands together thinking, you know what, it, Jim Jordan's been better for me than than Kevin. Kevin once said bad things about me. So I'm going to stick with Jim. And he's going to go out and truth or tweet or say something to Sean Hannity like, Kevin would be better for me uh, if he was gone. And it should be Jim Jordan instead. And you know what? There's a really good chance all those magas in the Listen. Congress go, I don't know. I'm not going to cross Trump. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, you're 100% right because he could be sadistic. And uh, hence, firing people by Twitter so that they find out, right, Right. or on his or whatever it might be. So let me ask you this then, because there have been whispers of a Trump indictment post-November 8th, and I have so much to say on this one, that the Justice Department will get more aggressive once it's in the clear of the election, the midterm election. The low-hanging fruit is obviously Trump's handling of classified, or I should sure. say, mishandling of classified yep. documents. Yeah. What have you heard, and what do you think of reports that such an indictment is imminent?
2: You know, Michael, I, I have been around this been around this this rodeo now for uh, damn near seven years, and I, I'll believe it when I see it. I would love it. It's justified. It would be. It would be great. I think for the rule of law in this country, but I got to tell you, I've seen the Justice Department pull back from the edge way too many times now to to make any predictions about it. And I really wish we had a situation where where I could confidently say, "Hey, these guys are 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 they're closing in. They're going to do it." Because um, I do think the minute the election's over, especially when the Republicans take the House, I think Trump's going to announce pretty quickly. That's my that's my opinion on it. That's the rumor down from Mar-a-Lago, the people chatting down there that, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want to wait much longer because the minute he's a a candidate, the chemistry and the atmosphere of the of the politics of this changes really quickly. And it becomes a lot easier for the Justice Department to go, well, you know, he's a candidate. We don't want to seem political. Uh, And and do I wish he'd be indicted? Yeah, last week, yesterday, last month, from the beginning, I, I'm, I just, I'm a skeptic about it because I've seen him snake out of too many of these things, and I've seen DOJ pull back too many times. I hope they do it. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm not confident they're gonna. Okay, so
0: <laughs> let's unpack this for a minute or two here. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. First of all, I have a real problem with the fact that Merrick Garland. Has been sitting on this possible indictment, and it's not just this one regarding these documents. There's uh-huh. about twenty already yes. that he yes. could have indicted. Yes, there's, there's twenty, and now all of a sudden we're getting close to the November eighth date. Oh, I don't want to seem partisan. I don't want to. I don't want to be political in it. How about this one? Fuck you. How about do your fucking job? And I don't care whether it falls out on November 8th that you indict. I don't care if it's November 7th. I don't care if it's today, tomorrow. It makes no difference. If we right. broke the law, and this man has broken the law, he has taken documents that place your life, my life, our family's yeah. lives, our listeners' lives, our friends' lives, the entire country's lives in jeopardy. All right. Do we really need a 9-11 in every city and every state in this country because Merrick Garland doesn't have the fucking balls to pull the goddamn trigger? What he's worried about is not about, oh, it's going to seem partisan and it's going to seem political. And so he's worried that he won't get a conviction. And it's the same shit that goes on here in the federal court system. Stop fucking worrying about like like even um, Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg didn't pursue Trump, not because there wasn't more than enough proof. When you have someone like Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn, two exceptional, exceptional lawyers, exceptional, who have been on this case for two years telling you, dude, we have them. We have them on tax we have him on misrepresentation, bank fraud, wire fraud, money laundering, tax evasion. We have him on all of it. And the guy turns around, washes his hands and says, no, you know what? His, you know, co- his there's, concern, there's a, his concern yeah, if, by the way, Rick, is simply that he would end up putting Trump on the stand and maybe, Trump would probably, of course, take the fifth. And at the end of the day, you know what Trump would do? He would turn around and say, this is all political. And there yeah. would be one juror, one that would turn around and hold it up. And that's what they don't want to happen. They don't want I, their I, record I, to be marred.
2: I, I, I got to tell you, on the list of people who have absolutely destroyed their public credibility, Alvin Bragg is at the top of the fucking pyramid. They, I mean, by every description of that case, it was it was rock solid. And he walked away. And And I, I do fear, I do fear that the, that the, that, that, that that the jury pollution that that any Trump defense lawyer could try to do is enormous. I think there would be plenty of MAGA voters and j- potential jurors who would lie and say I'm neutral uh, and go in and save their hero. Um, but the DOJ, you know, th- they have a scope of ability to to pursue this and to prosecute this, as you well know that that for once they should turn their powers to good and go after this guy because look the things he stole those classified documents that's not a that's not a small ball political disagreement those are real those are acute national harm to this country amazing that to me that he's not already arrested i've told this story before when i was in the first bush administration as a young man i had a ts sci all these clearances and if I had, on my last day of work, loaded up a box full of classified documents and top secret documents and walked out the door, I would be in jail right now still. I would go to you would prison. Be, you would
0: be in Guanta- you'd be in Guantanamo
2: yeah, Bay. Look right, at what I'd they did. Under the prison. I'd, right. I'd be in Gitmo. There's no way this is anywhere close to, and all this bullshit from Cash Patel and all these other lunatics, he declassified it in his mind like Karnak. No, he didn't. That's not how any of this works. Look at what happened
0: to reality winner five years on one document. All right. Correct. If you want to use that as a, and that, and what was she doing? She was a whistleblower on something that was, that was of national import. And yet she gets five and he ends up, you know, still sitting there stuffing his fucking face with Mar-a-Lago burgers, you know, running around the country, raising more money off unsuspecting stupids. This is this is not this is not America. I mean, look at Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. What Trump did with these documents and yep. look. I want you I want you to take a look at something when you're doing your next video what have you. On August 31 of 2022, right after this whole raid and so on, you know what I turned around and I tweeted out what yep. the FBI needs to do now is they need to search Trump Tower 5th Avenue. They need to search Trump National Golf Club in D.C., Eric Trump's yeah. home, Don Jr.'s home, Ivanka and Jared's home. How about the one in, um, in Bedminster where he was at? Right. Every single place that this guy has gone, you right. the need to West draw Chester, a map. Everywhere. Everywhere. anywhere. because I promise you, knowing him as well as I do, there's more. And, you know, we know that there's more because in those top secret documents, it says onto it, like, one of eight pages— And there was no pages there. Okay. So then they find out in the box that they seal that's now before the special master, there's two documents. Well, where are the other six? And more importantly, Carolyn Maloney was spot on on this one when she sent the letter to NARA demanding that they send a letter to Trump under the penalties of perjury to acknowledge that he does not have, does not know of where they are, has not shown these documents or anything to anybody. You know, And it's a pretty extensive list. They they did not send that letter to Donald, from what I understand. So now she's going to do it through the House Oversight Committee while she still sits in the chair.
2: You know, th- this is this is this idea that Trump is above the law. I know that it thrills the shit out of Trump fans that they think he's above the law. But and I, I know it's hard for them to like process consequences and think about the good of the nation beyond the good of Donald. But if we live in a nation where a president can break the law, we will live in a nation where presidents break the law, and it won't always be the. It won't always be what they want. It won't always be the outcome they think is owning the libs or having fun or 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 helping Donald. It will be outcomes that they don't want. There will be this is a this is a precedent that is profoundly corrosive to the american republic this is a precedent that is profoundly corrosive to democratic principles and and that i hope the doj will keep in mind because if they don't if they don't the guy is going to run again
0: yeah, he's not running again I, 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 don't I, know, man. I and, uh... look you and i are going to do a dollar bet a crisp brand new you got to go to the bank to get it dollar bill he's not right. running because if he runs the big grift is over what he wants is he wants he wants the power without being the president he wants to be like what Putin was when he wasn't president he wants to be prime minister he wants to have full access to the white house he wants to be able to take advantage so that he could monetarily benefit from it that's really what he's looking for but i want to jump onto something different for a second yeah yeah last last week on pod save america former president Barack Obama came out swinging and he thinks that Democrats can be a bit of a buzzkill too easily Uh offended right over accidental slights and the complicated scenarios of modern life. I'm curious what you think he meant here and your opinion on its validity.
2: Listen, you know, it's a funny day when Barack Obama and I are in a thousand percent agreement on something. But I've said this a lot. I wrote about this. God knows how many times. America is not as woke as Democrats think. America is not San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, Boston. America is a bigger, messier country than they think. And so when 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 people get you know yelled at or canceled or screamed at because they don't use the right pronoun, or if they say Latin, if they say Hispanic instead of Latin X or any number of other things, that disconnects the Democratic Party from real working people across this country. The Democrats are at their strongest when they're making an argument that they're helping people in their daily lives. The Democrats are strongest when they're when they're when they're telling a story about how they're going to use government for the good of individuals across this country. They're at their weakest when they're lecturing. They're at their weakest when they're when they're wagging a finger in the face of America. And Barack Obama gets that. He understood one of the reasons he was so Effective as a politician in this country is he came across as a guy who wasn't unreasonable. He didn't come across as, as a strident progressive hack. He came across as somebody who 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 understood that America had wasn't this homogenous single place and that you know people represented different ideas and different 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 things across the country. And look, people in their lives don't want to be lectured. They work fucking hard every day. I was in a focus group in 16 and it was the moment I knew Trump would win. Had a guy who was a recent guy just moved to Florida. He had moved to Florida from Pennsylvania and he said, "You know, I voted for Obama, but I just don't know if I if I say the wrong thing at work, I'm going to lose my job and my pension. If I say the wrong thing. If I say somebody's Latino instead of Hispanic or if I don't say somebody's gender the right way or don't use a pronoun I'm going to lose my job, and so I can't deal with that. I can't handle that. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. He's crazy, but it won't. But I, but I won't live in that world anymore, where where I'm afraid somebody could snitch on me and get me fired. That snitch shit and that and that cancel stuff. It is a powerful thing that Democrats do not understand. Um, that they lose a lot of people, and they're now losing Hispanic and African American men over
0: I it. I saw that. I saw that Reverend Al was talking about that this morning. That is a
2: deadly poison in their party. And you got to have more Connor Lambs and fewer AOCs. And you're going to have more more Val Demings and fewer Corey Bushes if you want that party to effectively hold on to a big part of its base. You know, look,
0: while I agree, absolutely, I agree with you. But there's, (laughs) there's always a but here. Right. Yeah, yeah. At the at the end, at the end of the day, if I was president of the United States and let's say that there are 10 items and I'm going to take it from Ed Koch. And I've talked about it on the podcast before. Ed Koch had it right when he said, if you agree with me, you know, Five, you know, if you disagree with if you agree with me, what did he say? Something like five out of twelve times, you should vote for me. If you agree right. with me twelve out of twelve times, you should see a psychiatrist. And he's <laughs> right. You right. and I, who seem to be on similar grounds, yeah, we don't agree on all twelve things. As far as I'm concerned, I don't I personally don't agree with cancel culture. I don't agree. I don't agree that Trump shouldn't be on Twitter. I don't agree that even Ye, who I think has just lost his mind, I don't think that he should be canceled, you know, either. How about this? If you don't like what they're saying, don't support him. Right? Don't listen to this music. Don't vote for Donald. Don't go to his fucking locations. You know, don't buy his shit ties, whatever it is. If I have a fundamental problem with you, then I just don't want to support you. And if enough people don't support you, you go away. Instead, we're forcing people to go away. And that's just another talking point for Republicans. In fact, right. it's, the, it's the weakness of the DNC that allows this shit to happen. Stop focusing on what the Republicans are saying. You know, gas prices, gas prices. Why don't you focus on the things like, we have a 2% unemployment we have the highest growth rate right in this country right now, uh, right. as far as as far as jobs and the highest wages that are being paid, and blah blah blah. Talk about the stuff that makes your life better. And if you think that democracy right is not worth the price of a dollar or 2 dollars more per gallon of gas. By the way, this is a mistake. If I was Biden, I would have I would have started fracking again. I would have opened that shit up. We have 360 billion barrels of oil in this country more than Saudi and Iran all combined and Russia combined. Open up the fucking spigot and let's flood the fucking market with it. Pay off our debt of $38 trillion because that's what it's worth, right? Bring the country back to par. By the time we finish using up these 360 billion barrels, there won't be a use for fossil fuels anymore. Everything will be Battery, who knows? Maybe it will be hydro. Who the hell knows what people like an Elon Musk may end up coming or another incredible inventor. But this cancel culture, I understand. I have friends of mine, really. I mean, good, smart guys went to Ivy League schools and didn't have their daddies buy them in. And they turn around and they say, listen, this he, him, they, them, me, this, I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. Whatever you want. You want me to call you, you know, you know, Mrs. Wilson? I'll call you Mrs. Wilson. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. If that's how you want to be called. Fine. Let you be you, let me be me. But maybe yeah. I don't want to be called he, him, they, them. Maybe I just want to be called Michael. So, it, you know,
2: it, it's it's so you know, we're my, falling, my, it, it, Rick, is, we're falling into the Republican trap and we yes. have to stop it. Yes. Again, Democrats are best when they're talking about how they're going to help people economically are they going to lift people up? how they give a shit about people and working people in particular? They're at their worst when when they're scolding people. They're at and their defending. worst when they when they're being when they're being offended by everything. Yep. 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 So, so
0: let me then ask you this because a yep. CNN panel recently roasted the Republican Party for embracing candidates who, you know, once would have been considered fringe but who are now directly in the party's mainstream. And we brought him up, Herschel Walker, who I think is insane, amazing football player. I will never take that away from him.
2: But as one far the, as a politician, dude, what, what, I one mean, of one the of great. the best,
0: but as far as for a politician, I mean, it's, it's a fucking joke. You know, Michael, and it's a know, lesson, what,
2: it's a lesson that some people believe that, that because they're good at doing one thing, they're good at doing everything. Right. And, and, and it's also a lesson. I mean, Walker in particular, the guy has mental issues and, and brain trauma issues, and, and these people are exploiting this guy in a sick okay, way. So I look, I let, let's let's sick. jump
0: in. So let's jump into him for a second. So Herschel Walker repeatedly threatened to murder his own family and is generally right. seen as a dumpster fire as a candidate. At least that's how I perceive him. Then there are folks like Lauren Boebert, another obviously insane, you know maggot right um and she's just completely another, insane. She's, she's she's another marjorie taylor green how do these folks keep winning and could it truly be possible that half of the electorate has also gone fucking insane
2: what's your thought michael look again redistricting makes insane people electable in 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 red districts and let's be honest it makes some insane people electable in blue districts as well um but redistricting is, the, is the, the cancer eating the political stability of the country alive. Um, and that, look, there there is a large culture now, on the right in particular, that is fed by Facebook and Fox and OAN and Newsmax and all these other you know, post-reality news organizations, news, um, and they believe shit that isn't true. They believe it a lot. And, and the difficulty with, with having that kind of a, a set of beliefs is that once you're in, you're in all the way. Once you're in, you keep diving in further and further and further. It gets worse and worse, and I, and I think that those people live in a world that that they're comfortable with now, and they they love the shit. You know, when Trump says I won the election by a lot, they just buy it. They just it's easier to believe that than to think for yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, look, there's more to this story than just that. I mean, you have Always. like oh, yeah. the influence, you know, you have, for example, the influence of someone like Peter Thiel, right? Who made billions um, uh, alongside Elon Musk is part of the, what they used to call them sale- themselves, the PayPal mafia, right? And they're having an effect on this election cycle. I have a real problem with all of this because this is dangerous sure. How dangerous do you think, like, this guy's worldview and money, you know, this dark money into politics, it's
2: so steal.
0: enraging, it's so enraging that yeah. I actually don't even have an answer for
2: it myself. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, look, we are stuck with um, Citizens United for the time being and it gives anybody the right to view to, to to treat their political speech as or their money as a form of political speech and teal has that right but i mean, for years i heard republicans screaming oh my god george soros is corrupting yeah, our election that. with dark money yeah. and blah 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 but you know michael it's um it, it's a, it's a it's a big mountain to climb and and as i always you know use the old phrase you how do you eat an elephant you start at the ass and go forward um we got to just keep eating the elephant here because this is this is a a discussion and a and a political fight we're going to face for a long time of how money has reshaped American politics. So Yeah, there's
0: a great book I read it while I was in Otisville called Dark Money, you know. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. it's 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 true. I mean Yeah, for sure. you when you're when you're upset because Donald violates rules, which he does every day, and you know, he starts Uh, you know, stoking these fires that are dangerous. And you get Twitter as an example that bans him, right? Or like what Ye was doing. Now all of a sudden you get Elon Musk, right? Who turns around, takes his money. He's, look, it's his money. He could buy whatever the hell he wants. But you're buying yeah. it so that you could put these people back on because you think that it's a violation of their First Amendment right? You want to talk about somebody who had a violation of their First Amendment right, Elon? How about, Why don't you come have a conversation with me about what it's like to be thrown into prison, into solitary confinement for 51 days because the president of the United States didn't want you publishing a book, right? So they lure you down there. And I, look, I talk about this in my book, Revenge. By the way, yeah. I just got a call this morning, interestingly enough, on my book, Revenge— Uh Number eight on the New York Times bestseller. So listen, enough uh, uh, and and what this does, what I hope that this does is because I wrote it as a roadmap so that people could understand that Americans, both Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever, will understand what it's like to go through the process and the ultimate goal of this lunatic Donald is to become an autocrat. He wants to be Kim Jong-un. He wants to be Vladimir Putin. And what I do is I lay out the playbook on what he did and what he will do again. By the way, Rick, you're not safe if this guy wins. You know, you're on his enemy's list. All no of us question. are. Which brings me to my next question for you. Yep. If there's a MAGA victory, can we expect to see an uptick in extremist violence? And how do you think that that will manifest?
2: Look, there's a big, um, there's a big dark tendency now inside the ro- the right. That they showed us on January 6th what they'll do. They showed us they'll 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 come hard against every institution in the country that they disagree with. And you know, I've spent a long time now on that list, and 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 I have I have security. I have to. I have people show up at my house. I've had people chase me around in their cars. I've had people confront me in public. Uh, you know. Uh, I think people go after my kids. I don't tolerate it. I don't put up with it. Um, but it's going to spread and it's going to get worse. And if you end up in a country where the rule of law has fallen apart and and people who do evil on behalf of the president get pardons, well, then you don't have a country with a rule of law anymore. So I, I am. Uh, it, it, I don't just fight this guy for 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 you know my own purposes, but I certainly recognize that. That if there's a big MAGA victory and if he's back in 24 by whatever circumstance, not a good world. So it's a dangerous place. So,
0: you know, we spoke about we spoke about Matt Gates before for a moment. You know, obviously, I have a real issue with him for what he did, despite the fact that Sean Hannity got him to apologize. And one of the I think I've even yeah. posted the apology. Can you please explain to me how the hell did Matt Gates wiggle out of the noose?
2: Or, or is he not fully out of the woods yet? I, I think that leak came from Matt Gaetz's legal team. I don't know that he's fully out of the news. I, I think their team leaked that, or they were trying to, to set that up. I don't think he's fully out of the news yet. That case is still ongoing, and uh, we'll see how that breaks. I, Can you I, do me a favor? I will say because this. You
0: know this. You know this better than most. Where are they at this? It's over two years since this guy Rosenberg... Once again, this, um,
2: this is one of those things in politics now where the judicial branch and, and the prosecutorial folks in this in, in various state and federal agencies, they need to stop being afraid of political consequences. What's the and political I, I, consequences? I've, I've known Matt Gates since he was like 25 years old or maybe earlier when he was in the state house. This guy will keep doing what he's been doing because he thinks he's going to get away with it. Um, it. It will not stop. I, I get it. I get it.
0: But here, as a prosecutor on that case, you got the check, you yep. have the emails, you have yep. the witness. Now they're saying, oh, the witness may yep. not be credible. Who gives a shit about the credibility of him? You got the right. check. You got the girl. She's Induct underage. him it's and over-
2: take him to trial. I mean, this is Two not a hard case years. in my view.
0: Rick, do you understand? As I write in my book, Revenge, my entire case started and ended in forty-eight hours. Am I any different than Matt Gates? I didn't nope. do anything. They shoved the shit up my ass. Instead, this guy, this guy, paid underage girls to travel over state lines. It's transportation right. of a
2: minor you, for the purpose of. I, I mean, it, it, it is every. It is a textbook man Act case. It, 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 if this was a random asshole. That they caught doing this, he would be in prison already. He would be. If this was some random random guy who did this with a, with an underage girl. He would be in prison already.
0: Well, I have look. I have one last question for you, okay. and this, of course, pertains to Project Lincoln. All right, yep. because like any time you and I get into it, first of all, my blood pressure is up. Second of all, <laughs> the hour is almost up. Right. So, look, Steve Schmidt recently had some ugly things to say about Project Lincoln in light of the recent Showtime documentary about the organization, accusing it of, and I'm going to quote, some of the most despicable and unethical behavior I've ever seen. Well, I don't know what he's watching, but among other things, he demands the removal of Reed Galen, who I've had on this show, uh, and I was just on his show, from the organization, who he calls selfish and dishonest. And wants Project Lincoln taken down to the studs. How do you respond to Schmidt? And how do you feel about his demands?
2: Um, Steve is no longer with the Lincoln Project for a variety of reasons, and and in the in the remaining days of this election cycle, I'm going to focus on on doing what the Lincoln Project does. The Lincoln Project has has grown. Uh, we've learned a lot of lessons about managing the Lincoln Project in the last uh, two years. And Steve's departure um, is one that you know we'll comment on at the appropriate time and place, and we'll make clear on certain fact basis uh, items and, and fact matters um, at the appropriate time and place. But in the meantime, we are really, really laser focused in on the, econo- uh, on the, on, on the economy's role in this election, on how we're going to make you know, break the Republican stride, and that's where we're focused. And I'm not on not on uh, you know trying to, to to set some sort of narrative about where the Lincoln Project's been and where we're going.
0: But what's what's his what's his beef with Reed? I mean, I've spoken to Reed at least a dozen times. I, I don't find him to be dishonest. I don't find him to be unethical. You know, you maybe if you don't like you know the content being put out, like I said before when I was talking about cancel culture. Don't watch it. It's
2: that simple. You know, Reed is one of my closest friends and 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 a guy who has held this organization together when when the storms and the winds were battering it, um, and has led us uh, and led this team very very ably. Um, and he's a guy who who I have the utmost respect for. And you know, again, we'll speak to we'll speak to the uh, to Steve's comments at some later date. But again, we're we're like so locked up on this election cycle right now. Uh, in these key races, that we don't have time to, to to go back and 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 settle old beefs for whatever reason they exist. So right. we're, we'll, we're gonna, we'll 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 comment at the appropriate time and place. But again, I gotta I got 30 ads to make in the next 20 days, so it's uh it's yeah. a little bit. Oh, I got, do I'm me a favor, please stuff.
0: stay and stay in touch because, like Absolutely. you, we have a pretty decent sized platform. The the mayor movement is growing. I mean, we're like top. Thirty now podcast news out there. I'm so thankful to all of my listeners for joining this movement with me, with you, and Lincoln Project, with Midas uh, Touch, with you know so many of the groups. My goal here, like yours, is I want to open up people's eyes to understand that this isn't about whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. As governor, as senator, as, you know, as a member of Congress or whatnot, or even the presidency. It's about the country. It's about having a person who wants to benefit not himself and his brand, which is what Trump ran on, but rather to benefit the country because we're losing our democracy. And too many of these people are too blinded by the bullshit rhetoric, the hatred, the divisiveness that's going on yep. to focus upon what's really important. And that's leaving a democracy for our children. I don't understand how that could even
2: be in Right. It's like, right Why now. is this even a question? Yes. Why? Well, I, I got to tell you, Michael, it is – this country – we're at a really deep inflection point right now in the country and we're going to make a decision as a, as a, as a country and a culture where this, where we're going to go. And, you know, it's incumbent upon all folks like us who we may not agree on everything politically, but we agree that, a, a that, that this Republic can't stand if it's not a representative democracy and it can't survive if it's an autocracy. And I, that's the core of the fight for me at least at this point. And, uh, you know, I think we're just going to have to keep pushing forward from there.
0: Be well, my friend. Thanks, Michael. And now for today's mayor culpa. If we need another reason to hate Governor Ron DeSantis and we don't, now he's arresting Florida voters for the crime of, (laughs) get this, fucking voting. His newly minted Office of Election Crimes and Security has managed to arrest 19 very confused people who will now spend up to five years in prison though most had no idea they'd even committed a crime. But apparently, there is a lot of confusion about whether or not some felons can legally vote in Florida. DeSantis has decided to exploit that confusion. And now, lots of people won't vote at all, whether they're felons or not. Why? Because no one wants to go to jail for voting. It's easier to just skip it. It also comes as no surprise that most of the people arrested for fraudulently voting were black ex-convicts. I mean, God knows they're not rounding up little old white ladies from the villages. No! The outcry would defeat the purpose. DeSantis is trying to keep black voters from the polls. Perhaps it's because they won't vote for him. A lawyer for one of the people arrested told the Tampa Bay Times he believes the governor's election security force targeted the people it did because the public would not have any sympathy for anyone convicted of sexual crimes or murder. And DeSantis' decision to mention the arrestees' criminal record during his news conference was simply a political strategy. But don't worry folks, this motherfucker ain't done yet. DeSantis warned that this is just the opening salvo. Florida, if you're listening, get rid of this MAGA asshole and replace him with Charlie Crist. And while you're at it, replace Senator Marco Rubio with Val Demings. Look, Rubio looked like a deer in headlights during his one and only debate with Demings last week, where she just fucking hammered him on his ineffectual stance on gun violence and his support for abortion, without exception for incest, rape, or a life-threatening condition. So, FYI, folks, Floridians are overwhelmingly pro-abortion. Now, not that Republicans care, but Rubio released an ad last month that accuses Demings of supporting a radical left agenda, including trying to turn boys into girls. He's also accused her of being soft on crime and trying to defund the police. Does he not know that Val Demings was the Sheriff of Orlando? You fucking dummy! She reduced crime by 40% when she was the top cop. She's hardly radical, and if Val Demings wins Florida, Democrats will most likely keep the Senate. I mean, that alone should be reason enough to vote for her. But after Hurricane Ian battered the state, Demings highlighted the need to combat climate change, while Rubio still denies it even exists. Rubio and DeSantis will not protect the rights of Floridians. In fact, they're actively trying to take them away. First, they come for your voting and abortion rights. (laughs) Seriously, what's next? Your social security? Your health care? So listen up, good people of Florida. Save yourselves and vote blue in 2022. And as always, thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Minus Touch, and LSJ Media, written by Jimmy Jelinek and Paula Killen. Our editor and managing producer is Lisa Orkin. Our executive producers are Jared Gustat, Jimmy Jelinek, and myself, Michael Cohen, along with Phil Alberstadt. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is still winning the war on the state and local level. Mea culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, I promise you, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Mea culpa, nothing but the truth.